You're listening to The Running Public. From marathoners to mud runners, we all have the same goal. Get to the finish line faster. That's right. This podcast is for you guys, the running public. Well, Lisa and I had a date this morning. We had the rare day date as parents. My dad took the three kids to a local park and they walked around the pond trying to catch geese. And we went on the most romantic date you can do. We went to Aldi. Wow. Opened at nine o'clock. We were there at 9.03, putting our quarter into the cart and stocking up for doomsday. You can be not being a douche about it. We were just getting enough stuff for the next two weeks of groceries. You you consider that a date, Bracken? Oh, so hot. Are you are you not romancing your woman like you should, Bracken? You know what? Some sometimes romance is spontaneity and doing something outside the box. Everyone expects to be wine and dine. Not everyone expects to be taken to Aldi. That's like the equivalent of like, hey, baby, you want to like take a nap or something? That's like dull tell you level. What, you have three kids and then tell me how seductive a nap sounds. I can't uh, I can't argue with so you. Anyways, I'm set. I'm set for the next two weeks. I have my groceries. We never got low on toilet paper. You learn not to do that when you have three kids. Someone's always got diarrhea. And now all I have to do is train through it. Do you know that I have, uh, I think it's like 256 rolls of toilet paper at my house currently? Because of this or because you no. already had it? No. So I like to show this off. So my um, my mother's boyfriend of like 24 years, basically like domestic partner, they're just never going to get married. He works for a paper company in Green Bay, Procter & Gamble. And so every time they come to visit, he fills his truck with toilet product, toilet paper like products. So I get huge things of toilet paper, paper towel, napkins. So I have an entire like walk-in closet full of toilet paper and uh, paper towels. So anyways, if anybody gets in a pinch, I'm selling them for five bucks a roll. You can you can uh, contact me on Instagram. It's that's my right. backup. That's my backup financial running plan. public paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll uh, sign a sheet for you, which is worth zero dollars. Do you have anything weird that you hoard other than apparently an entire closet of paper products? Anything that I hoard? Actually, probably. I uh, I do two things. So I save my uh, scotch uh, corks. Like when I buy a bottle of scotch, I pop the cork. People do it with wine corks. Mm-hmm. And then I would say fishing tackle. If you look at my garage and my boat, I've got more fishing tackle than like 100 men could ever need. And I can't part with any of it. So that's you me. You catch more fish than 100 men would. That's right, I do. What about you? What do you hoard? Uh, I would say running shoes. I have a hard time parting with running shoes. I have like 34 pairs in my back of our basement right now. And that door that you can see behind me that are intended to be given away. Things that never fit or I raced in once or twice and switched brands that I just need to get rid of and I have it. And cords. I have a lot of cords. Like electronic cords, connectors, <laughs> cables. Do you that have one, one time you need a connector and you don't have it, it drives you nuts. Listen, if you still have your charger for like your flip phone from like 2005, you can probably toss that. Your razor is not going to do you any good these days. No, no, it will not. But if yeah. you ever need to connect any one device to any other d- device, I have a section of the basement that is just cords. Well, Lisa so hates need, it. So if you need shoes, cords, toilet paper, or fishing tackle in these hard times, we got you. That's we it. You. You're set. Yeah. Should we uh, Should we jump into... Uh, well, first, we want to talk about something. We're going to offer a giveaway to you guys. Um, and then we're going to talk about kind of how to get through this uh, potential quarantine we got coming up with your training. Well, one leads to the other, right? 
we're quarantined as a nation. We're getting real, real close. By the time this airs tomorrow, who knows? The situation could be even more locked down than it already is. But we are approaching a time where training is going to become a little bit trickier than usual, Kirk. Yes, we are. And because of that, we're feeling like we have real big hearts and we want to offer something to special people. So we thought, <clears throat> because I feel like moving the puzzle pieces of training are going to be a little uh, trickier in these upcoming weeks and maybe months. And we thought it might be a perfect time for a coach, someone to guide you through uh, your training when there's some questions in the air of how to go about this, especially with limited potential gym access and all of that. So Bracken and I have decided that if you would be so kind to write a review on Apple Podcasts, doesn't need to be positive or negative or short or long, we don't care about the content, we are going to offer three of you a free month of OCR coaching uh, from a random draw of our reviews written on Apple Podcasts. What do you think about that bracket? I think at a time where people in this nation are hoarding things and trying to take advantage, we're going to give things away. We're not going to hoard our toilet paper, or our hand sanitizer, and overcharge. We're going to give away some free coaching to get you through this quarantine. Yeah. So here are the rules. Um, first of all, you have to write a review for us on Apple Podcasts. If you've already written one for us, uh, you're good. You're already in the mix. Uh, we do not care if it's a one star or a five star, if you write great things or short things or long things. or We don't even care. The content doesn't matter. We're not going to discriminate. We're going to put this into a random generator. Uh, and Friday of this week will be your deadline. And then we are going to announce uh, the winners on our next Training Tuesday podcast. And you can choose either Bracken to be your coach or me to be your coach. Again, we do not care what, about what you write or if it's a great or bad review. Three people are getting one month of free coaching um, based off of those criteria. Simple enough. Now, if they write a one-star, they probably don't want our coaching. That's a, that's a good <laughs> – I, I would be pretty conflicted about that. But I suppose, I'd, I'd love to coach a one-star reviewer of our podcast. <laughs> what would be the first give me their first week of training to a one-star review time trials every day well, every day well, time <laughs> max gain day one the grind day two 5k time trial day three 15 uh, 15 test day four yep treadmill challenge day four and then probably 20 mile t uh long run time trial day five I, one mile I, swim day six that's, oh, that sounds like a terrible, terrible training week. That's right. Just Stop reiterate. giving up one stars. Yeah, you just have to write. You just have to write something. We can't go waste. If you just give us a star, we can't see who did that. So it has to be a written review. Anyways, um, we can move on from that. Uh, what are we talking about today, Bracken? Talking about that exact same thing. Training through the hard times that we're we're in right now. Basically, here's here, here's what, how Kirk and I feel. Life is getting stressful. Life is getting squeezed in around people. The last thing you want is for your training to be stressful. It's going to be difficult to get things done, but training should be our outlet, should be a release from life, not another bar on the cage of life. And so we want to talk about how to make training as easy to access and as beneficial as possible if you're stuck inside for 30 or 60 days. Yeah. And, you know, I think you're going to either be in two camps. You are either going to be in the camp where you have kids and now they're not at school and now they're at home with you all the time and you have like less time to get in your workouts, or you're going to be in the camp, let's say like me, who unfortunately the gym that I train out of is probably closing and I'm going to have like more time on my hands than ever. So I, I feel like you could, there's a mixed bag of what the situations are going to be. And I, we thought we'd be good to chat about what we think you should do or what your options are in this time. Um, so Kirk, I'm going to take my situation, which is I have three kids home from school and I'm going to have less time 
and also less access to trails and things like that. And you can take your side, which is you're a professional who trains people for a living out of a gym who no longer gets to do his job out of a gym. So you're going to have the more time side. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, and Bracken and I were chatting before this, uh, when you really simplify this, in my opinion, in our opinion, you have two options. You can either take this time to take a brief deload and reset if you feel like your training volume has been high and you need a reset to then rebuild, or you can just drop the hammer on your training right now and just put in mega volume and rebuild like a bulletproof giant engine. So you basically, you're either going to take the recovery and reset camp, or you're going to take the let's put some big time work in camp. That's how we look at this. Yeah. And the vast majority of our listeners are going to be in one of two camps with their race season. They're either were preparing for a spring season of road racing, which could be a marathon, a half marathon, or a trail ultra, um, or you were preparing for obstacle course racing, which is just starting to ramp up. But either way, you had something big on the horizon, which was just erased for you. And now you have to decide, am I going to reschedule my races so that the next thing is the same as what I'm doing or like the OCR season or maybe someone preparing for a spring marathon, you're not going to want to run a summer marathon or your flat OCR races are done and now you're moving to the mountains or whatever. Is it time to transition my training to something else? Yep. Yeah. You could get a jump start on the races that you know probably won't be canceled and that way even perform better when time comes. So let's jump into your camp potentially first, Bracken. You have three kids uh, you are going to have, um, probably no real alone time unless it's scheduled. Like with your wife and you are taking shifts. What are you doing? How are you approaching this? I'm approaching this from what singular exercises can I do to give me the most bang for my buck across fitness? Uh, rather than doing whatever I can with the time I have, I'm going to do the most I can with the time I have while still adhering to our intensity guidelines, which as most people know, Kirk and I are right along that 80, 20 scheme. 80% of our time is spent easy, 20% hard. I am lucky enough to have this. If you had a video right now, you could see I have my incline trainer right behind me. And so I'm going to prioritize incline trainer and my Stairmaster. I have a Stairmaster out in the garage. It's a detached garage, but I think under quarantine rules, I can still go out to my garage. And so I'm going to be doing lots of uphill work. It's no secret that Kirk and I believe that uphill work translates to everything. And so my time easy, medium, hard is a lot, a lot, a lot of that time is going to be spent going uphill and trying to bulletproof my quads, not only for races, but because I'm coming off of knee surgery and I really need to make sure each leg is pulling its own weight. So if I'm understanding right, you are, let's say, stuck at home because you're going to have the kids in the basement with you in your your big exercise room. So you are modifying your workouts to be done from home and kind of wrapping your your mind around the fact that that's where you're going to have to be coming up. And specifically, instead of just getting on the treadmill back here and trying to put in 60, 80, 90 minute flat runs, if I only have 40 minutes, I'm going to do 40, but it's all going to be uphill or a vast majority is going to be uphill. Even if it's that easy effort, I think 40 minutes uphill is much more bang for my buck than 40 minutes flat. And so for the treadmill crowd, I'm going to be the person doing a lot of incline treadmill work, but yeah, it's all going to be done from my basement in my house. Okay. And would you say that's because of the kid factor or is that because of your injury factor? I think that, well, the kid factor necessitates it, but the injury factor just strengthens my rationale for doing it. I get to rehab and re-strengthen while using the time I have appropriately. 
Yeah, I think you're in a little bit of a unique situation because you're you're not really taking either of the routes that we mentioned we want to talk about, like the let's drive ourselves into the dirt route. Well, I, I think I am actually. Oh, you I, are? In, in, a, in a way, I'm doing the, um, I'm not taking a reset. I'm trying to expand my volume with as much as possible uphill work um, rather than I was going to try to maybe be ready for a race in early May. And I was going to try to be doing a lot of, Kirk, we had talked, I was going to do a lot of compromise workouts with my fan bike and getting cute on a lot of things. Instead of getting cute, I'm just going to pound my uphill work with a giant block of volume. I like that. I like that. And I think at this point in time, let's say you are going to do the Bracken camp, or in my case, my camp, which is building a ton of volume right now. And just let's say, hey, I don't have to get ready for a race. So let's just, let's build some new fitness. Um, this is the best time right now, guys, to focus on your weakness. Oh, like, I was going to bring this up, Kirk. I'm glad you did. Like mine. So so right now, you're not sacrificing a whole lot in terms of not being race ready because we don't even know when we're racing again. If I were to guess, I'm thinking June at best, okay? So now is the time where you can like step back and say, fine, I don't want to let go of my speed work because I'm afraid I'll lose my speed, but I've been a shitty climber my whole life. Well, maybe now's the time to replace one of those weekly speed workouts with a climbing session. So I guess the floor is yours, Bracken. What weakness are you working on right now? Well, Running I, in general since you've been injured? <laughs> yeah, but uh, power output over time is like the big thing I have on my mind. Where when I look back at the races that I've gotten beat at and significantly, it's second stage. I'm not lacking speed. I can run with just about anyone for a finite amount of time, it's staying power. And it's it, the way it's it's shown up has been from, from a 20-minute stadium race to a six-hour ultra, my climbing legs go. I just can't keep putting out effort out of each quad over and over and over. Uh, on the hills of Ki of uh, Tahoe, I stopped being able to climb how I wanted to. And in the on the stairs in AT&T Stadium, I just got walked away from by Killian and Kent up these stairs because after a while, my quads were just blown out. Yeah. And so staying power of just volume of climbing is something I need to work on paired with core work. Kirk, core. you know I've neglected core work for so long. I'm coming out of this quarantine with a 12-pack. That's not uh, physiologically possible, Bracken. Okay, maybe we'll have six or seven. If we're just counting the abs that, you know, are the anterior front abs, there's not, there's not 12 of them in there. Bracket. However many I find out that I have, they are going to be <laughs> so solid and ready to handle the pounding of a course. So power output with my legs over time and core. All right. And so I feel a lot of people are in this camp where they feel like they're, they're weak climbers, especially if you don't live near the mountains. I'm one of them. Um, why don't, because this is how, what we do on the running public bracket. Okay. What are a few of, and first of all, actually, I want to interrupt myself here. When I hear you say that I need to work on my on my extended climbing or my steady climbing, what I hear is threshold work. I hear you need to strap your heart rate monitor on. You need to set that treadmill to 15 to 30 to even 40%. And for me, my threshold is somewhere between like if I want to see 165 to 173 beats per minute. So you want to, you want to get yourself into that threshold work and you want to sit in there for 20, 30, 40 minutes that's going to build your stay power going uphill. So I think long grinds on the treadmill, that's going uphill. That's what I think. You know, I called my my mentor the other day, this guy that lives in Minnesota. Who, who's that? <laughs> that was you, Kirk. And oh. I said, hey, I, I need some, I need to bounce this off you. And I wanted to know how I should 
if it was if I was right to be thinking that the treadmill and the stair machine would be my threshold work, and then the spin bike and assault bike would be my intense work. And you said, absolutely, that's what I would do. And you're right. So my overarching goal of these next six weeks or so, because I'm with you, I think that June is the first time we'll see a real race happen. So up to two months is going to be a lot, a lot of threshold climbing and then easy, easy paced volume climbing. Yep. Go back to building that base, that climbing base and threshold work is the name of the game. So again, if you're looking to build volume, set yourself up for future races. So if you're a Spartan athlete, second half of the season, the big races seem to all include vert. So it's a really, you might want to make that shift earlier in your brain and just get ahead of the game. Now I want to bring up a couple of workouts that I enjoy doing on, you know, vertical workouts if you're stuck on the incline trainer. Um, and again, if you got real mountains to run up, like, uh, from the far side of somebody arresting you for being out in public, like trying to run up a mountain, which I can't foresee happening. We're just talk treadmills here, but you can find your local mountain, any of that. Um, one of my favorite incline workouts, and if you're just jumping into some high-end incline work, is the 7-3 workout. And that is seven minutes at threshold effort running. I do it at 30 plus percent. And then three minutes flat recovery jog. Seven minutes, three minutes. So those are 10-minute segments. I like to run through that three to five times. That's a great place to start because seven minutes of intense climbing is going to feel like a long time if you haven't been doing it. And three minutes recovery will not feel long enough, but that's, so I like the seven, three uh, workout for an intro threshold climbing run workout. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, one of my favorites is I do a ladder and I, since I have the incline trainer that goes up to 40, I set 20% is my recovery baseline. And so I do I'll do two, three, four. I choose whatever number of minutes. Let's say I'm doing two minutes and two minutes. Two minutes at 20, uh, and then I go up. Two minutes at 25, two minutes at 20, two minutes at 30, two minutes at 20, two minutes at 35. And eventually, huh. 20 starts feeling really flat and efficient and nice. And you can do the same thing with like 15 and 10. Yeah. Run fast at 15 settle back down to 10 and run fast at 15, settle back down to 10, or you could do 12, 10, 13, 10, 14, 10, 15, 10, but alternating between a steep grade with a gradual grade that would normally feel steep, it'll teach you to feel like you're recovering and efficient at that lesser grade. Yeah. I remember when I first got into OCR, uh, my first year, I did not have an incline trainer to train on. And I, and the first time I ever ran a 15% on a treadmill for workouts was that season because I was a flat lander. Uh, and I remember how aggressive 15% felt. And it was just like, there was a piano on my back every time I ran at 15%. And I got my incline trainer, my Nordic track, and I started banging out some incline stuff. And I was beat up. I was messed up for a few weeks when I started implementing that. And then I went back to 15% and it felt like I was running flat. And the perspective on that was so interesting. And now I look at 15% as like almost not even a vert day. It has to be like 20 or more for me to even feel like I'm engaging the proper climbing muscles. It's super bizarre. Do you know what I'm talking about there? I do. And it's to the point where when I'm beat up and I want to run flat but not take a pounding, I set my treadmill to 10 or 15 and just run. That's like my recovery grade now. And yeah. I'm not a mountain monster, but it's just something that becomes second nature after a while. Yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about building. So since we just went down the building uh, route here and building uh, – more mileage, more time on feet. Um, let's talk how you do that. So what I would suggest doing, and then we touched on this a little bit, I believe in our last training Tuesday when we did our Q and A, but um, I would recommend a two or three week build, which means you are implementing higher and higher, higher mileage through those two or three weeks. And then you're gonna take a deload week 
anywhere, honestly, depends how you beat up your feeling, 40 to 70% of your, your high week. So for example, for me, I just came off three big weeks. I hit my first 50 mile weeks, three weeks in a row. This week, I'm going to deload to 30 miles a week because I'm, I need the break. I can feel I do. So if you're going to hit this, don't just think you're going to go exponentially run more and more and more until this freaking quarantine is over. You're going to end up injured and burnt out. Two or three high weeks followed by a low week where like for me, I'm almost cutting my volume in half. Um, that's just what I need. So just keep that in mind as you're building your virus, that uh, you're building your, building your, your virus, building your virus. <laughs> that's, uh, we, we could probably edit that out, but we're not. So, uh, you get what I'm saying, right? Uh, I think that's sound advice. I'm biased of course, of my own opinion, but what do you think about that bragging? That's how I set my training. I do two to three weeks of volume followed by a recovery week. However, I'll just do the opposite side of the coin for, um, for variety's sake. There have been times where I've just decided to do a build block where I start at a volume I know I can handle. Let's say that's, let's say we're doing hours now since people, since in my boat, we're doing incline work um, rather than flat. Let's say I could handle six hours of aerobic work per week. And then the next week I'm going to do six and a half and then seven and then seven and a half and then eight. And, and maybe I wouldn't actually add a half hour per week. Maybe I would, but I'd slowly push the envelope up and up and up until I start to feel that really heavy legged everyday feeling. And then I'd take my down week to try to yeah. get, try to string like four or five weeks in a row to get a little bit extra bang. But the caveat there is that I would be removing some intensity during that time just to make sure I'm not frying myself, my nervous system or risking injury. But I did that in Colorado one year when I first got out there. I just decided I'm running a lot of mountain volume. And I, I ended up getting six weeks in a row of steadily running more each week until I finally capped out like, okay, this is this is what I could handle. But it gave me a good idea of what my upper limit at the time was. So moving forward, I knew, yeah, I could probably sit. If 72 that week was finally the week that told me that's too much, I'm going to reset to 40 for a week. And then I'm going to go back to 65. And that's when I started my build two weeks at 65 down to 50, two weeks at 70. And then I found a good sustainable rhythm. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, something I thought of, and now's a great time to build up that long run again. If you've been kind of keeping them shorter or not sure you wanted to go too long on the weekends or whatever it is, just to make sure you don't overdo it with shorter races coming up. I am giving you my full permission to go ahead and maybe play around a little bit with the length of your long run right now. Uh, go ahead and enjoy a longer day out, you know, outside or in the mountains. Now the other camp. Okay. So we're talking about our own personal weaknesses, which we feel are climbing. Uh, if you're in the speed camp, if you're someone who feels like you aren't fast enough, um, that's again, the same principles we're talking about. Now's the time to focus on your speed. So for example, if you want to focus on your climbing right now, I suggest at least two climbing focuses a week. And then maybe a third for your long run. Same camp goes for speed workouts. That might mean doing two fast, hard interval sessions a week right now. Flat, fast, whatever it needs to be to get that turnover going. Like oversaturate the systems in which you feel like need to be built. Yeah, because what's, what's the danger of doing too much speed work other than injury? You know, we're assuming you're doing this in an intelligent manner. So what's the big danger people always talk about if you do too much speed work too early in the season? You uh, you're going to... Peak too quick, yeah. Yeah, what, what, we don't have a race coming up. So what if we get three or four or five weeks of speed and then we start to stagnate and realize that's probably it. All right, you take a down week or two and now you start building up with some threshold in long runs and now your season progresses, but now you have your, your just speed is under your belt better than it used to be. So you're right. Yeah. I think it's a safe time to play with those things. Yep, safe time to play with those things. So uh, whatever your focus is run-wise, I would hit 
strong, like intense bouts of exercise focus twice a week. Um, and then the rest, if you want to, you know, feel it, say you're focusing on speed, you can do some easy climbing or whatever in there. But, um, I would really just, I wouldn't just scatter my efforts is what I think I'm trying to say. I would, I would really hone in on your weaknesses right now. Ryan Kempson in our last episode on Friday gave really good advice or two episodes ago, gave really good advice about like, he focuses on one skill that needs improving at a time and he doesn't dilute it by trying to add in too many. So pick your one skill that you feel like is lacking and just beat the shit out of it right now. Mm -hmm. And I think right now is a great time for people who are still able to get out to public land uh, and have downhills to work descents. Because the beauty of working a downhill is that it beats you up early. That's not the beauty of it, but it's long lasting. Science has shown that after you do it for a while, you can have the benefits of an eccentric workout on your muscles stay in your system for 15, 21 days in some instances. So if you go through a big block, let's say four to six weeks of downhill beating on your body, you will build up your downhill resistance to impact your speed and your technical abilities to the point where if you wanted to, you could now do it every other week for the rest of the year without having very much of a reduction. Yeah. But you can pay it now and reap the benefits later. So if you can get outside, because a lot of, if we look at the the what's happened in other countries, Australia, for example, um, they're still allowed to go to public parks. Um, a couple other places as well, like you're still allowed to meet in less than five people in public areas. And so you might be able to still get to your long downhill sessions and beat it up now so that you can reap rewards and then work on other skills during season. Yep. I agree with that hundred percent. Now let's talk, uh, let's talk the, I'm suddenly demotivated side of the coin. Like, fuck me. I don't even know when I'm racing again. Why am I going to get my ass out of bed for a three hour long run? Why do I even care anymore? Poor me, boo hoo, feel bad for yourself mentality. Now I'm kind of mocking you and I'm sure there's a few of you listening who have said all that, but, um, I think it's a serious thing we should address. Okay. What do you tell the people that are suddenly feeling like, what's even the point? What well, this is, this is tough because you can't make someone care and you can't make yourself care. But what I will say is that in everyone's life, there are those sticking points that you like, you turn the corner into a new stage of life. And this is that moment where you may never be the same. Generally, it's going off to college. You go off to college. A lot of people stop working out, start partying, start eating late at night. They have the dining hall and they gain their freshman 15 or 50 and they're never the same. Second one is going into the workforce. You start your job. Suddenly your schedule is different. A lot of people lose control of their bodies and their workout at that point. They're never the same. Third is marriage. Fourth is kids. And then fifth is retirement or divorce, unfortunately. Those are like the five big sticking points where you turn a corner in your life to a new schedule. You lose either motivation or time and you're never the same after it. This is a mini occurrence of that. And so if I can't yeah. convince you that you should, maybe we can just scare you and be like, hey, you you may never get it back if you lose it now. Like You can come out of this better or you can come out of this someone that you don't recognize and it might take a long time to undo what you can do to yourself in six to eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, and I'll be, you know, I'll admit to this, you know, people are creatures of habits, routines, like, no, I get up at six, I get my workout in, I go to work, I do this. And now suddenly you're not in a routine. It's easy to sit in your PJs and not, and not get your day moving. So, um, for what it's worth this, I'm not hounding on this point any more than saying like, 
make a routine for yourself. And my high, high, high suggestion, if you look at any studies out there on like consistency of physical activity, like you need to get up, you need to get it out of the way in the morning, not sit around and start binging Dexter on Netflix and get caught up till 9 p.m. Like, and then your workout hasn't happened. So uh, for what it's worth. So anyway, so um, what I think is a really good thing to do here, if you're like, I don't even know what I'm working towards, what's the point? Is I think now is the perfect time for time trials. Okay. Oh yeah. Your, your own our uh, our one star reviewers, you know, maybe having his heyday with that plan you made for him, bracken with the time the week of time trials. Um, I would suggest every weekend, or let's say it's a Tuesday, or I would pick a Tuesday or a Saturday for let's say the next four weeks. You put a mile time trial on your schedule. Uh, this Saturday, then a 5k the next Saturday, then a 10k the next Saturday. And you treat them like something that's important to you. Or you pick how much max vert can I get in an hour, something that's going to be a measure of your fitness. And you tackle that and you set those up either every one to two weeks and you get after it. Something to hold you accountable, to give you something to either dread or look forward to, but something of purpose. So I think now's a really good time to time trial. There's nothing to add to that. It is so intimidating, but it's so rewarding when you get it done and it makes you look forward to the next one. Yeah. In fact, if you were going to do a big block of training right now, or let's say you wanted to work on your speed, what I would do this week is get out, do like a mile time trial, then do a three to four week speed block and then retest your mile. There's no way that data is going to hide your progress. If you need an endurance like block, I just can't, don't have stay power. Maybe you pick a five or 10 K you test it like this week and then you retest it in three to four weeks. Um, that's just that's just what I think. I think Kirk, you're making me feel good about myself. I, I just did that. I went out to the garage two days ago and I did a 15 minute challenge, except on the stairmaster instead of on the treadmill. So I got okay. a baseline of of stair climbing fitness because I can't run uphill yet, but I can work hard upstairs for whatever reason. And so I did 15 minutes all out on the stairmaster, kept track of my heart rate kept track of how many flights of stairs I got. And then I'm going to repeat it halfway through this quarantine. And then at the end of the quarantine. Okay. See, good man. See a uh, question. This is a random question. Did you receive a message from Alyssa Hawley on your Instagram? I did. Okay. Okay. So for what it's worth, people, I haven't figured out how to, how to add Bracken to the running public Instagram page. So I've been responding to messages, but I am on it. I'm getting him in there. But anyways, Alyssa Hawley messaged me. I just want to go on this quick tangent about transitioning to stadium races and saying, okay, is my incline treadmill or uphill work going to translate or do I need to hit stair specific workouts? So I'm assuming she messaged you about this after I told her I could not help her as much on the running public page. So what did you tell her? I told her, yes. I said at the very minimum, hill work is enough, but that as you get closer, you should add in some sta some stair work as well, especially for descending, that being a good uphill runner makes you a good stair runner. But being a good downhill runner makes you a good downhill runner. You can handle the pounding of stairs, but running downstairs is a different skill than running down hills. And so you have to get some downhill stair work in. But I have raced very well off of living in Colorado off mountains before and doing no, no stair work. And Robert Killian is a great stadium racer and he's a mountain monster. And so, yeah, uphill is uphill. Okay. But if you're training for, this is a small tangent, we'll move on after this, but so if you have stadiums coming up or if some of our listeners, that is their focus, uh, are you on this, are you on the stairs or stair master at least once or twice a week? In yeah. Big and, 
And, and I take one of the running public's go-to OCR workouts, the OCR 400s or OCR mile, whether you're a team Kirk or team Bracken terminology fan. And I just replace every other round with stairs. Okay. And so I do 400 meters time worth of stairs and then my burpees or jumping lunges and then 400 meter flat and then stairs, exercise, flat exercise. And so I make sure that I'm doing race specific work. You got to, you got to teach the test, right? You, you shouldn't show up on race day and not ready for the questions that that race is going to ask you. Yeah, that's fair. So let's just, I don't think we need to spend quite as much time on this. Um, but let's say, okay, now you are overwhelmed and the kids are at home and you're re and you're trying to work from home on your computer. Like I still got a clock in, but I got three kids screaming down my neck. How am I going to fucking work out? Like with all this going on and your stress levels through the roof and your cupboards are empty and you don't even know what to do with yourself and the whole world's a panic. And you're like, I can't do it this week. I just can't do it. I'm, I'm off. Okay. Yeah. Let's say we're in that boat. I'm guessing a few of you are going to be in that boat. Do you have any blanket advice? I have a few thoughts, but. Uh, I'll let you do the, the blanket advice in that. I'm going to give one outside of the box technique. So there's okay. this concept known as greasing the groove. Have you heard that in an exercise standpoint? Not, not in an exercise standpoint. Okay. So it came from the behind the, the iron curtain in Europe um, from way back in the day. But it was the concept of instead of working maximal once a day, working sub-maximal many, many times in one day. And I implemented this when we were doing a lot of housework one summer where I decided I was going to do burpees, pull-ups, and lunges every hour. And so every hour, I just set um, a, an alarm to go off. And every hour, I did 10 to 15 pull-ups, 20 to 30 burpees, and 50 to 100 lunges every hour all day long. And I did it for like three or four weeks while we were doing house projects. And I didn't get much else work in. But pull-ups were so easy by the end of it. And burpees were a breeze. And my legs felt ready to run mountains because of the lunges. So at no point did I spend more than like five minutes working out. But I just crammed it in whenever. And you can, do, I've, I've given that to people as uh, getting through crazy work week. Every time you go to the bathroom, you just have to stop and do it. Or every time whatever happens, you just take two to three minutes, work it. But work it like 10 to 20 times per day. Yeah. It's a cool way mentally to, to just get something in and it really does work. You can do push-ups while the kids are screaming, running around like crazy around you. Yeah. Let them jump on your back. Absolutely. I like that idea. If you're working from the desk, every time you get a break in a call, just drop down, do 20 burpees, do 10 pull-ups and get back to work. And now you don't have to work out again for another hour, but you get so much repetition in that it just... Mm -hmm. you, you keep doing it and it, it's it's invigorating. I found myself looking forward to how many numbers I could hit. Day one, I hit like 100 pull-ups and I'm like, I'm going to hit 200 tomorrow. And then eventually like 500 in a day wasn't hard because you just got used to the work. That's so, a really good idea. Thank you. you. You give me the advice now, the blanket statements, the ideas. <laughs> you gave them good takeaway. I don't have any uh, real specifics that way. But what I would say is my my training and racing glass is half full right now, okay? I'm looking at this all with rose tinted glasses. And so I tell you, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now and you're feeling like my whole schedule is out of sorts and my gym is closed, we're going to touch on that in a second. My gym is closed and I can't do my things. You know what? Give yourself a damn break and say it's okay this week and completely just check out from your workout life without any guilt. And I'll tell you why, because um, you got nothing on your calendar and this week is not going to impact uh, a week off now isn't going to severely impact a race that's in eight weeks as long as you, you know, get back to your training in a reasonable time frame. So 
um, <clears throat> I think you give yourself the credit to to take care of business and life and whatever the responsibilities you feel like you need to right now, um, because it's not going to affect your Seattle race because Seattle's not happening. It's not going to affect. So I give you full permission. Now, I do not give you full permission to do this for if this happened, if this goes on for six weeks to do that the entire six weeks, but I give you permission to settle into your new way of life and cut yourself some slack without feeling guilty about it. That's what I think a lot of people, more people I think than we realize are going to be in that boat with especially kids being home from school or who knows, sometimes people like they have to do two people's jobs because some people can't, you know, there's going to be unique situations. So I just think like you should give yourself that pass and then get back into it uh, within a, with purpose when you do. That's what I think. And those early mornings, honestly, guys, like if you got kids, if you got it, if you have other situations, like you just got to get up early and suck it up and create a new schedule for yourself. So you have some you time. That's mm-hmm. what I think needs to happen. Yeah, I agree. I think it's mentally healthy. And as a parent, I intend to try to do my best to keep my kids schedule full during this time and have activities, but I'm also not going to stress over being a bad parent from time to time and say, Hey, I'm putting on a Disney movie. You guys have 90 minutes here to just eat fishy crackers, drink juice boxes, watch this thing. And I'm just going to take a little time here. It's no kid is going to look back in 10 years and be like, man, those six weeks of my parents letting me watch an extra hour TV from time to time really screwed me up. Not going to happen. However, those six weeks can be make or break for your next year of training. So if you need to buy yourself some time, don't feel bad about taking a little bit of me time, even if it involves cutting some corners. Yeah. And you know what? I, I really believe in the philosophy. If you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of the, those around you, especially well? So it's okay to put yourself first in that situation if it is the case, because you'll probably be a less ornery parent or brother or a coworker uh, afterwards. So that's that's cool with me. So the other thing that I just had thought of now is, for example, so I have a personal training business. Uh, and I had eight cancellations today. It's Monday. We're recording on Monday. Um, my client load is severely depleted. And by I'm guessing end of week, my gym will be shut off. Uh, I'm not talking about that and send boohoo poor me and from a work standpoint, but I work at a gym. My work's going to be, my gym is going to be closed. My guess is your gym is going to be closed too. So, uh, what do you do? You're on a strength program. You're trying to work on all these, you know, what if you're, we say focus on your weaknesses right now. What if one of your weaknesses is strength and now your gym is closed? I'm sure a couple of people are thinking that. I mean, this is going to be a tough one to answer, but I have some thoughts. Do you have any thoughts? Well, my thoughts are that as a runner, as an endurance athlete, power work is very, very critical to unlocking your potential, but that functional body weight movements are enough to get you, I don't know, at least 90% of the way there that you can handle a four to eight week block of body weight movements, air squats, lunges, burpees, push-ups, pull-ups. And I don't think you'll be a worse athlete for it. You might even be a little better because it forces you to work higher rep ranges and you might just be a little bit more enduring as an athlete after that. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Plyometric movements, first of all, if if you were doing barbell squats or whatever, you very easily can pick up something heavy in your house and do weighted jump squats and probably feel the burn more than you can modify your gym version of your workout at home. Now, um, this is released on a Tuesday. There's some speculation about a you know nationwide quarantine happening. We'll see if it happens in the next couple of days. Uh, make your run to 
your, your second wind exercise equipment, make your run quick, get a set of dumbbells or whatever you can possibly find and do it like today and get something at home. Like I'm lucky I have all this stuff at home, Brack, and you have all this stuff at home. Not everybody does. Okay. So I would, people are running to get toilet paper and stock up on Kraft macaroni and cheese. Like your ass should get to a set of dumbbells and see if you can't find those right away. So at least you have that covered. Uh, I don't know what the shipment situation is going to be like if you order them online, but if you've been like, ah, maybe I should get some dumbbells for home and you have it like, like stop the podcast and get in your car and go drive and see if you can get some right now. It's going to save you sanity in the future. Um, that's just what I think. If you had to have no equipment, let's say you just don't have access to it. You mm -hmm. live in an apartment or a condo. You can't, you can't, you don't have no space and you can't install things into your ceiling. Yep. What, what exercises, if you had to get specific, what body weight exercises do you think are the most bang for your buck? Well, first of all, uh, I'm going to give people a little bit of a tip. So I've done this myself. You're going to think I'm crazy, but the heaviest item you most likely have around or in your house that's compact is a car battery, a car battery, or if you have something else. So at one point in time, I took the batteries out of my car and out of my fishing boat and I did bent over rows with the car battery. I did overhead presses with the car battery. I did kettlebell swings with a car battery. Um, I'm not necessarily, don't look at me if it explodes and you got battery acid over everything, but I used my car battery for a two week period of time in my life. Uh, and I'll tell you what, it worked out well. I, my car, car batteries were nearly 60 pounds a piece. Uh, the ones that I were working with, like go and plug your damn car battery and get a freaking workout in. I know it sounds crazy, but if you do that, by the way, can you freaking tag me on Instagram and you hauling around a car battery? Because I think that'd be badass. What kind so of car had a 60 pound battery? Well, I had uh, these batteries in my bass boat that were uh, like- Marine batteries? They're marine batteries and they're super heavy. So marine battery would be even better. Um, but yeah, or like, for example, I have- I have uh, landscaping rocks around my driveway and around all my shrubbery outside. And I have like, you could take a heavy duty plastic bags or garbage bags and triple quadruple bag them and put 50 pounds of rocks in a freaking plastic bag and get to work, like figure it out. Like if you really think about what's around your house, I don't know if not having the equipment is the right excuse. Yeah. So anyways, but you were asking about body weight exercise. I started talking about car, car batteries. Which All right. So to not answer my question either, I'll, I'll use the one uh, piece okay. of equipment that I use around the house for my, if I don't have weights, I, I do this at my wife's parents' house sometimes. If we like stay over there and I really want to get my workout in five gallon jug of water for their water cooler. I just yeah. take that and I work out with that. I like that. It's 45 pounds. You can't lift 45 pounds. If I use both hands. <laughs> okay, I guess if you use both hands, maybe I could see it. Right. So anyways, I, let's say you don't have any of those things. What are you going to be doing? Because I have my go-tos, but what are yours? Yeah, I'm going to do high tempo uh, strength circuits with limited rest, almost treat them like Tabatas. Uh, just because for me, okay, some people like for a jump squat or even a pull up, which I'll do on like a ledge or something in my house, like you could find something. Um, I just... I can do so many of those things that it just doesn't turn into raw strength for me. So, so I will take, I will pick 10 exercises and I will run through them maybe as fast as I can, or 30 seconds on 30 seconds off, move to the next 30 seconds on. And so I will pick all the basics. Like the basics are the basics for a reason. People don't feel like you need to reinvent the wheel here. Pull-ups, push-ups, plank variations, especially like high, low planks, knees to opposite elbows, um, things like that, jump squats, jump lunges, bear crawls up and down the steps in certain manners. Um, 
you can pick anything you can think of. The internet is full of good circuits and body weight stuff. Uh, that's what I would do. And I would pick, you know, six to 10 of them and I'd roll or do each to failure and then give myself a three minute rest and then recycle through it. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. I'm a push up, pull up, squat, lunge, burpee kind of guy. Any specific movements that you like body weight that are, are unique or, or not really? Uh, not really unique. If we're getting unique, I would say that uh, everyone has a pull-up bar in their house. It's called a door. You yeah. open the door, wedge it, and you do flat pull-ups against it. And it's doubly effective for an OCR athlete because now it mimics going over a wall where you can't get your legs out in front of you or kip at all. Um, but I'll tell you what. My sister um, is a is a professional dancer, and she has her master's in dance and all this stuff. But throughout her different studies, she studied bar classes for a while, and she put me through a bar class one time. And I have never felt as close to being at the top of the death march in Killington as I felt during a bar class. Constant, just <laughs> mini flexions of my legs over and over, hundreds of repetitions in a row. And that day I left and thought, you know what? Next time I don't have access to a hill or a treadmill and I'm tired of lunging, I am going to do hundreds of like mini squat pulses and mini lunge pulses and just kind of cramp proof my legs. Yeah. 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 Pull up a YouTube video of a bar class, throw on your tights and do some, do some bar class work. I think that's another one. If you end up doing some bar work, you should take Bracken in that and let make sure he, he knows that that was heard. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing that. I will tell you. However, I can see the benefit. So uh, I wanted to know, Kirk, what is your strangest or like most creative or just most unthought of indoor workout you ever had to do because of circumstances? Uh, I love this workout. I love this workout. You guys should do a version of this workout. So I love ladder workouts where it's a, a regressive count and you pick uh, and certain exercises, for example, so, and this one's a, this one's a bitch. So get ready. So I pay, I started with 30 reps and then I went to 29, 28, 27. And my, and my exercises were simple burpees into pushups, into thrusters, into jump squats, into jump lunges. Okay. That'll get you. I did 30 of everything four times, 29 of everything. It was, I bet you I was sore for six days. It made me feel so good about what I had done. So take a group of exercises. I love the number 30 because it's so ridiculously high that it ends up being an hour plus effort. You can count it as your cardio effort for the day if you can't get out of the house and don't have a treadmill. Um, so the burpee, push-up, thruster, jump squat, jump lunge combo, start at 30 or 20 reps and count down uh, will ruin your life in such a good way. So that's a no equipment for thrusters. You could literally grab anything that's at least 20 pounds in your house. So what's going on over there, Bracken? What's that pounding? That's the kids. I guess the Disney movie wore off. <laughs> <laughs> They're up and running again. Um, so that's that would be one of my simple home strength, uh, high tempo workouts. Do you have any that come to mind? Uh, I mean, yeah, I've done stuff like that. I actually just the other day did 20 down to 10. Of exercises. Oh, I was going to go to one and I failed out. <laughs> I just <stopped> <laughs> but, uh, The strangest workout I ever did ended up being really effective, but it was bizarre. It was like July. We were refinishing the floors in my parents' home. I think it was the floors. We we're doing something and they have a three-story house and I had a 60-minute hill and heavy carry workout and I didn't have time to get to because the, the best hill I had was 28 minutes away. I could maybe carve out 70 minutes of time. And by the time I got there and back, it left me with 20 to 30 minutes of work. 
if I like left the car and hit the ground running, jumped back in the car and drove home. So I did a 60 minute carry and hill workout up and down my parents' stairs inside of their house. Boom. I started in the basement. I'd run up the basement stairs, up the first floor, up the second floor stairs, turn and book my way back down. I would do that seven times. And then I would do three carrying something. And I just went up and down the stairs for 60 minutes. And I was gasping and sweating. And my heart rate was up and my quads were burning and my calves were burning by the end. And I never left the house. So I did a mountain workout for 60 minutes up and down the stairs in my parents' house. Do you know what I kind of want to do right now, Bracken? I want to give away a fourth person a free month of training. And I want to tell you what I want to do. I want to see who can get the most vert just on their stairs. <laughs> and that person deserves a free month of OCR coaching. Let's what do you do think it. about that? You got to prove, okay, You, I don't even have a timeline on this. As soon as I'm impressed, I'm going to just declare a winner. If somebody's stuck at home and you can sh- turn on your Garmin and you get service in your house and you can show us, I'm going to say minimum requirement, 1,000 feet of vert on your stairs in your house. I would... I would make my day to see somebody do that workout. Uh, I'll, I'll give somebody a free month of training for that. Help okay. them through these hard times. What do you think? I'm on board with that. I like what that. Do you think, what do you think somebody could get? I'm wondering. So I probably gained 40 feet. Base, uh, let's, let's call it 30 feet per round for 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And a round trip was under a minute. So uh, let, let's call it 45 seconds round trip counting anytime I had to stop and get that's uh yeah uh, even though let's just say it was a minute round trip for okay. 60 minutes so 60 times 30 that's at least 1800. at least 1800 I probably got 2,000 feet that day in an hour how many vertical feet could someone get on the stairs in this quarantine man alive now apartment complex I feel like is cheating I feel like you'd need to use those, <laughs> right like something that's really just if awful. you live in a high-rise condo you 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 don't count I mean, great work if you do. I'll still it, be but, impressed. Still post yeah. it. We'll, we'll we'll post it on the Running Public's Instagram. But. So basically, we want to see car battery workouts. We want to see bar classes, and we want to see somebody going up and down their stairs. I don't think um, that's too much to ask. If I you're going up and down the stairs holding your car battery, that's probably a bonus point. You win. You win the badass award. Uh, okay. Um, and then the last thing I think we should just touch on real quickly. And I have no shame in, in touching on this because if we weren't coaches, I would say the same thing. If you don't know what the heck to do with yourself and suddenly you feel like you need guidance, either start bouncing ideas off a friend, create inter-social uh, like workout challenges amongst your Spartan buddies or your running trail buddies, or hire or find somebody to help just tell you what to do. Like the worst thing in the in the world is to sit there and wonder, what should I even be doing? What can I do? Like have somebody help you, have somebody tell you what to do. And it's going to take so much of that load off your shoulders and make this so much easier on you. Absolutely. So waking up wondering what should I do today is not training. That's exercising. That's so true. Isn't it Bracken? That is true. That's very, Kirk, that's very true. I have one last thing to say. Okay. This is your time to get to know your body and its recovery process. Most of us are slaves to the seven day week which means every seven days, you can probably get a long run. You can probably get a speed work. You can probably get a tempo. Maybe once a week, you can get to your hill. Weeks and days do not matter in a quarantine. And so this is your time to start testing out going by feel. All right, I'm doing a hard speed work on Monday. 
I'm going to go by feel, go by resting heart rate or what my Garmin's telling me or what my body's telling me. And I'm going to do my next one when I feel ready. I'm going to do my long run when I feel ready and, and see what your body tells you. You might find out I've been burning it too much. I can't do a 20 miler every seven days, but I feel better every nine days. Or maybe I've been doing two quality days a week, but my body told me I'm ready to do three a week or three every eight days. This is a good time to figure out if you can optimize your training a little bit because the calendar doesn't matter. All that matters is your recovery cycle. Yeah, that's a really good point. And don't you sometimes like you'll go on like an eight, nine, 10 day training cycle where most go on a seven seven day cycle based on the week, right? Yeah. And it's because I live by that. I don't have seven day weeks. I work from home. And so like my general is that I have a nine, a rolling nine day schedule, which turns into 10 if I need a day off at the end of it. But like right now I have uh, over off to the side here, I have my whiteboard that I just wrote out from my recovery rehab plan. And it's a nine day schedule. Okay. Because I, I can't do three quality days in seven day a week, but I can hit three quality days and a long run in nine. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Right. And you end up getting like, if you look at like a macro cycle of that over a longer time, you're actually getting more quality work in uh, by laying it out that way. If I, if I'm correct. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially in OCR, there's too many moving pieces. You're like, I can get a tempo in a week and a speed work in a long run, but I also need hills or I need to compromise running. If you expand it to nine days instead of seven, that's just an extra slot that you can do and repeat that rather than getting too far away. Like, well, now I have to do it every other week and I don't know if that's effective. So play around with it. See what works. That actually might be something I look into. I'm taking a down week this week. And then next week I may, when I start back up with volume, I may, I may do something like that. I actually like that idea. I may have gotten something out of this podcast that I didn't anticipate, Bracken. I got something too. Car batteries. Car batteries, uh, marine deep cycle batteries in particular. Hey, if you don't have a, a local store that has weights, go to a fleet farm and buy yourself some deep cycle marine batteries. Those will suffice for weights just fine. Oh, that, that made me think. Uh, the cheapest weight you can buy is a 60 or 70 pound bag of tube sand from Walmart, Lowe's, uh, Home Depot. It's like 3 to $5. Yeah, it's there true. Very true. Yeah, boom. Um, so I don't Is there anything else you want to touch on with this uh, situation? I guess one other thing is we've been, I don't know for what reason we got on this, like having to work out from home kick. Uh, there's this thing called the great outdoors. Uh, that's still number one. So take that time. If you can get away, that's what I'm going to be doing. It's a one way to get out of the house. I don't know if there's going to be any legality against that. If they do quarantine, I don't think so, but, uh, that's, what's going to save my sanity is I'm going to still get outside and get out of the, get out of the house. Yeah. If they end up saying you're total lockdown, you can't leave other for an emergency. It's not going to last longer than probably two weeks outside of that. I mean, I shouldn't say that sentence, but they they won't keep people inside for that long. Use the outside as much as you can until you can't. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, that's something I don't know why we didn't spend a lot of time on today, but I thought that was maybe a given, uh, given the circumstances. Um, You know, so this contest, you got till Friday. We'll give you till Friday at midnight, we'll call it, to write a review. Again, if you've already written a review, then you are in the lottery already. You're good. You've done your deed. Again, this has no uh, no bearings on what you say or the content of what you say. A review, a written review will get you in. And uh, and we are going to give three of you a uh, free month of coaching. And then a fourth to whoever gets the most vertical gain inside their house. <laughs> Just giving it away. That's right. Um, and if you have any questions, reach out to us. We finally have an Instagram page, uh, the running public. Follow us on there. We're going to hopefully get a little more active on there as soon as I can figure out how to get Bracken as an account user. Um, 
And one thing we really love are the, uh, we love getting questions, but we love suggestions. A lot of our topics that we talk about are the ones that we just keep hearing about from users. So if you're thinking, I have a lot of downtime, I want to listen to something and this would be great to hear, let us know. We might not use it, we might use it, or we might uh, incorporate it into the part of, an, of a podcast, but we want to know what you want to know more about. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, you know, the coronavirus and the potential quarantine and social distancing and all that is a really hot topic right now. And I don't think it can be worn out right now because it's really damn important. And so if anything comes up with that in your training, like you have specific questions regarding like, oh, here's my unique situation or somebody else probably has that unique situation. So actually like send us those questions about like, here's my unique situation with the quarantine. Uh, again, we're assuming it happens. And if it does, like we'd be happy to answer those, I think on our next episode, because I don't think we can wear that out right now. People care about those subjects. So let us hear that as well. That's right. There are a lot of sports you cannot do at home, ladies and gentlemen. Endurance sports are not one of them. You are screwed if you are a swimmer and you don't have a swim spot at your house. You're screwed if you're a basketball player and you do not have an in-house co uh, court. You are fine if you are a runner, a cyclist. Um, maybe that's it. Race Walker, you are fine if you can train from home. So let's do it. How lucky are we? I guess all of our glasses are half full, aren't they, Bracken? They are half full, Kirk. They what are. a nice, warm way to end this podcast. Okay. Get in <laughs> your basement and get to work. Thank <laughs> you.